Today, we continue to look at Jesus' favorite words, the words that he said the most as recorded in the Gospels. And as mentioned at the beginning of the service, today's word is heaven. And I think that really that longing for heaven that longing for home, that, that sense of knowing that there are things that aren't how they're supposed to be in our world. We see things that are unjust, that are wrong. I mean, even the, the storms of this week and the, the loss of property and even life around the country, the, the fires in, in Colorado. We, we ask at times, why? Why would something like that happen? I think there's a previous question to ask. Why do we ask why? I mean, why do we have a sense that there's something better? Where did that come from? Where where is it that we have an idea of what justice is and and what what goodness is, that we look at the, the evil that's around us and say, why is that happening? I think... The answer to the question of why do we ask why is because of the seed of heaven that is planted in us. The very image of God that's within us that we look at things and we can say, no, that is wrong. There is something better. And and Jesus, he, he, He shares that with us. That there's even something better than mom's greens. It's what we long for. Heaven. That spiritual reality where God's way of life is experienced by all at all times. That spiritual reality where God's way of life is experienced by all at all times. The unhindered experience of the very presence of God. Let's pray together. Gracious God, again, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for your written word that speaks to us of the, your breaking through into this world in existence, showing us the ways of heaven. We give you thanks for your living word in Jesus who speaks to us of the the things of heaven, of truth and beauty. And we we ask now that you will continue to to open our eyes, soften our hearts, to to see what what can't be seen, to know what, what can't be known, unless you show it, unless you meet us. We submit to you. Speak to us. Touch us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. What we long for, that sense of what's better, is is heaven. And, And heaven is that spiritual reality where God's way of life is experienced by all, all the time. Everyone who, everything that exists in that dimension of reality that we call heaven. It experiences God's way of life to the full. Now, a couple uh, passages I want us to, to look at. One is are familiar, if you're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 6, 
verse 9 and verse 10. Um, And uh, let's just say these together. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just keep that up, uh, Sam. And just as we walk through Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, we see one one thing we know about heaven is that is in a sense, in in a a particular way, it's where God dwells in heaven. Regularly, Jesus will say, your Father in heaven. We'll ask your Father who is in heaven. As he teaches us to pray, Father, who is in heaven? It's actually Jesus' most common statement about heaven. Your Father, who is in heaven. So in some way, it's a a spiritual reality, a spiritual dimension. I'm going to warn you, we're going to go a little deep here. We're even going to get into theoretical physics. But I'll hold back uh, on that just yet. I won't go there yet. But, but it's, it's the place where God dwells in a unique way. I mean, because God is omnipresent. He is present everywhere. There's a sense that God is present and dwelling in heaven. And where God's way of life is experienced joyously and fully. That it isn't the case. On earth. We're also told that it's the, the place where God's will is done. You know, that's what I mean by God's way of life being experienced to the full. So that in this, this heavenly realm, God's perfect will is perfectly experienced. Jesus also on a number of other occasions, two or three other occasions, talks about heaven as being God's throne. And not so much, I think, that it's a a literal throne upon which sort of God sits, but meaning that it's the place where God's way of life is experienced fully, that God's will is done completely. So this is what heaven is. And and Jesus, in this prayer, is, is praying, that teaching us to pray so that we will indeed long for that heaven to be real in our lives, in the lives of those around us, and in our world, even now. I mean, Jesus' desire is for us to desire the the ways of God, the way of life that God has created us to live, to desire that and pursue that even now. You know, that, that we are pursuing not, not my way, not your way, not our way, not their way, but God's way. God's way of life. Heaven breaking in to earth. Now, Jesus tells us in John chapter 4 in his conversation with the woman at the well, if you're familiar with that particular event in Jesus' life, a Samaritan woman. If you recall that and. Um, It's where Jesus uh, talks with this particular woman and says, God is spirit. Again, giving us a hint that God is is not something we see, touch, and feel. God is spirit. God exists in a dimension of reality that is beyond our capacities, 
to see, know, feel, and touch. The only way we know God is because God chooses to reveal God's self to us. Uh, Theologically, what's been said is that God condescends to take on a form that we can understand or to speak to us, to, to limit His language so that we can understand it. Or the, the very incarnation of Jesus that we'll talk about a little bit longer. I mean, the God, the Son, becomes human, becomes bound by our dimensions of reality so that we indeed can see, touch, feel, and understand God. But, but otherwise, God, the way God exists is as Spirit. And in John chapter 3, the story before, Jesus is talking with Nicodemus. And he tells him you know, that, that God is Spirit, and, and the Spirit you can't see. He tells him, it's like the Spirit is like the wind. The Spirit is like your breath. You can't see it, but you can see its effects. You couldn't see the breath, but somehow I'm right here at making that candle flutter back and forth. Or as the, the air conditioner, praise the Lord, is going periodically, it will, uh, the candle will, will flutter. And that's what Jesus, that's the way of heaven. It's a dimension that you can't see and feel, but you can see its impact. And that's what we long for, that that existence that is beyond our capacities. Now we humans are at times an arrogant lot. And it's hard for us to grasp that there is existence of things we can't control, that we can't measure that we can't see, that might be just right around us. And and Jesus even tells us that there are spiritual beings beyond Him in that place. Matthew 18.10, we don't have it on the screen, you don't need to look at it, but, uh, but there Jesus is telling His disciples, as the little children are coming among Him, He's saying, take care that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, in heaven, their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. There are spiritual beings even that exist in this dimension of reality that are worshiping God, that are before God, that are connecting with earth in the realm of the heavens. So so heaven is that place where God's way of life is enjoyed perfectly by all. I mean, in that place, there's no Bible. They don't need a Bible. Because the author is right there, face to face. We won't have communion there because the, the, the body and blood of Christ is right there. Right before them, their Lord and Savior is there. Their, their prayer will be breath. Prayer will be like the atmosphere. It'll be like air. I mean, that, that will, we won't have to stop and say, oh yeah, let's pray. Pray will, prayer will just be the way that we live. And love will be our knee-jerk reaction. That is the way of heaven. So now, uh, like I promised you, where is this spiritual reality? Theoretical physics. 
Really. Opens up some possibilities for us to consider. Now, I know. I just said that when I said it early. A couple of your eyes rolled in the back of your head. A couple of you got out your smartphones and started playing with those. Some of you broke into hives just at the mention of physics because you swore you were never going back again, never going to say the word. There were two or three of you that got excited. But I was listening to an astrophysicist. I had to practice saying that word. From the University of Chicago on the right. So this is no kook. I mean, at least if he is a kook, he's respected by a whole lot of people. And was reading a little bit, just a little. I only read the abstracts. Don't worry. I'm not going to start putting up Greek letters and omegas and those mathematical formulas. Of the, the European Phys- Physics Journal about how physicists try to understand the world, the universe, and our existence. And there's a a couple things about theoretical physics that that speak to this dimension of reality that's beyond what we can see, touch, feel, measure, and describe. I, I, I promise you, This physicist, Dr. Cooper, said this two or three times. There is more to the universe than meets the eye. You don't understand. That's a huge statement from someone who measures only what they can see, touch, feel, and describe. But that's what he said. There's more to the universe that meets the eye. And then it went on and... couple things. One is something in physics, those of you that love it, the 2% of us, string theory. It's not, it's not uh, about a musical instrument or uh, about a, a basketball hoop, but it is a, a respected theory about the existence of the universe. And basically what it says is there's a whole bunch of dimensions to reality. You know, for we humans, we know four dimensions. Height, width, depth, and time. Those are the four dimensions we know. I mean, everything can be measured and seen and felt and experienced in that. I mean, something has height, something has width. That's, those are two dimensions, and it's a third dimension. If you remember high school geometry, it's depth. And then it can travel through space and time. Those are them. Now, a few of you who are music aficionados may know the fifth dimension. But that's another sermon. <laughs> but with, spring, with, with string theory, it says, no, there's a whole lot more dimensions. It's just we're not capable in our limited, capable, in our limited capacity to see, touch, feel, and understand what these other dimensions are like. And these other dimensions are all around us. They're, they're here. We just can't see them, can't touch them, can't feel them. And now what, what Doc Cooper was, was talking about, based on this, also talked about light matter and dark matter. The stuff of the universe. Light matter is the stuff we can see, feel, touch, measure, and describe. And he said, from our experiments, and what we do, and the, the interactions of the things we see, we're thinking that what we can see, feel, touch, and describe makes up about 20%. Of the universe. 80% of the universe is dark matter. By dark, that I means you just can't see it. 
You can't, can't describe it. You can't, can't touch it. And, and then he, they go on, one of the articles, to, to talk about how, under, how they see this. And what they, they tell the story in this physics journal, similar to the story that Jesus tells about wind. You, you, you can't see the wind, but you see the impact of the wind. You see the effects of the wind as it blows through. We see those impacts seriously. I mean, trees didn't just fall down. They were blown over by the wind. The, the physics journal tells a story. It's like watching a soccer game, but we're unable to see the ball. And, goes, and that's what physics physicists are as they look at the, the deeper parts of the universe. As they look, small, smallest particles of the universe. It's like there's stuff going on, but we can only see the impact of it. And that's what's happening in those different dimensions and in that dark matter. All right, well, you may be asking the question, okay, I can say string theory and I can say dark matter, but that may be about it. So, why are you going into this? I mean, it's just your little kick on physics. I'm like, well, that is sort of fun. But, a whole lot more important than that is that this is extremely important. To, to use the, the science of our day. I, we're not scared of science because it's God's science. I mean, all truth is God's truth. And so we walk in and we use the science of the day and say, how does this best describe what we know to be true? In the words of Jesus. And it's really important because I believe and we believe as followers of Jesus that heaven is real. That it exists and that it exists not somewhere up in the sky, but it exists right here, around us. There's a, a, a spiritual beings that are around us. God's angels, God's spirit that is within us in dimensions and realities that we can't understand, see, touch, and feel, measure, nor describe, but can feel, experience, and live out their effect. And their impact. It's important because it's important for us to say that this is not just a nice fairy tale that is here to help us maybe live nicer lives or, or some somehow or another submit to some set of rules, but this we believe to be true and real. And the reason we know this is because Jesus left that other dimension. He, he, he left that 80% of the universe that physicists postulate. He left that to be confined by our four dimensions and to tell us of that place that we were created for, that place that is our home, and to lead us there. And even to give us a taste of it in our lives today. John chapter 6, verse 51. Let's uh, read this together. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus left heaven. That, that existence in those multiple other dimensions. 
in order to be bound on this world, on this earth, in order to be the bread of heaven for us, to give of himself for us, of which we're going to celebrate in just a few minutes. Now, if we we talk a little bit about about heaven and that existence that is beyond what we can see, feel, touch, measure, or describe, that is all around us, that is here now with us, that that we never leave. It's not that it never leaves us, it's that we never leave it. Because it's more prominent than we are. Then we uh, also need to look at Jesus' words. He doesn't say as much, but as he speaks of heaven, he also speaks of hell. The reality that's just the opposite of heaven. The reality where God's judgment and wrath bring total separation from God. Where there's absolutely no experiencing God's way of life. And Jesus does speak of that. He speaks of that in in Matthew 25 on a number of occasions. There in Matthew 25. where, Where those who refuse the ways of God, who refuse the gift of Jesus, he says, are led into eternal darkness, to weeping and gnashing of teeth, and to eternal punishment. And Jesus came out of of heaven into our existence in order to lead us from the way of hell into the way of heaven. The gift of heaven to speak to us of this truth, of this reality that is beyond our capacities to see and experience. And he sets up our existence between heaven and hell. And he offers himself in his day and in our day as the way, the way to heaven. By simply receiving him. Uh, by, By simply saying, you paid the price for me. You have paved the way, Jesus, for me. To enter into God's presence. To to taste heaven today and experience it forever. I wonder today if there are some here who've never experienced that taste of heaven. Maybe you've been going to church all your life. But going through the motions. I invite you today to to hear Jesus' invitation. To to turn to Him. to, To receive Him. To taste heaven through His forgiveness. Through His leading us into the ways of God's way of life. Of beauty. Of goodness of love and peace. Or maybe you just wandered in today. You you wandered in because you've got that longing. 
You, you know that you're not at home. You've experienced enough of this world on your own to know this is not your home and there is something better. Well, you've come to the right place. For Jesus invites you to come to Him. To simply pray, Jesus, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. I want you to be my sustenance. I want you to be the bread of life for me. Because I want to live according to the way that you want me to live. Because on my own, it's not working. On on days that we have communion, we also have healing stations. And a lot of times, healing stations are for particular physical uh, healing for yourself or for others. But it doesn't have to be that. It can be a healing of our very soul healing of our spirit. And there will be uh, elders of the church with vials of oil just around the the sanctuary. And and during uh, that time, if particularly, not exclusively, not the only reason, but particularly this day, if maybe today is the day you'd really like to, to turn to Jesus and receive Him as your Lord and Savior, to, to turn from the ways of this world, to turn from your way and say, I, I need to go God's way. I invite you as well to come to those healing stations for, for spiritual healing. To receive that, that gift of Jesus and taste the bread of heaven. And what I pray for all of us as we come to communion, that that you'll let your imagination go. You'll live with those theoretical physicists for a little bit and see, man, that there are things all around us that we can't see, we can't touch, that that we have no means of being able to measure, but they are right here. And that in your imagination, you will open up your very soul and spirit to receive the impact, to feel the effects of the presence of heaven in our midst. It's the the very purpose of the sacrament. To to put in things we can touch and taste, smell and measure, a way that God condescends for us, that points to those dimensions of heaven that are beyond our capacities to even understand. And we believe as we gather at this table that the bread of heaven will nourish our very souls.